Kilo Vault. Joe Elliott of Def Leppard has just called. Oh, uh, yeah, really, yeah. And let's see here. I'm Red Noise, by golly. That's who I am. Opens now. And welcome inside the Kilo Vault for another excellent adventure. We go to September 1985 for this one. Quality time with Bon Jovi and Tico Torres in the Kilo studio with a guy you've heard several times, Alan White. One of the most difficult things about collecting these vault podcasts, getting them out there is, now what's next? How do we decide? There's so much stuff to dig through and so many stories to tell. This edition was pretty easy to pick because we're recording this just days after the passing of one of the original members of Bon Jovi. And his story is fascinating. Uh, bassist Alex John Such was a founding member of Jovi, would pass at the age of 70 years old. And you might scratch your head going, 70 years old? I don't know Bon Jovi's that old. It's it, His story is in, interesting when it comes to his age. After Alec passed, Bon Jovi released a statement saying he was an original. As a founding member of Bon Jovi, Alec was an integral part of the formation of the band. To be honest, we found our way to each other through him. He was a childhood friend of Tico Torres, who was part of this interview, and actually brought Richie Sambora, the guitarist, to see the band perform, and it all kind of clicked after that. And the interesting thing about his age, he was 31, about 10 years older than all the other guys in the band when they started. And apparently the record company didn't like that. I mean, you know, you know everyone's just young, you know, 20-year-old kid having fun. So he was 31, but the record company wanted him to lie about his age. So instead of being 10 years older, he was, he was a 21-year-old guy. And he had a story about how his sister was very upset because the papers was would describe her as his older sister when, in fact, she was she was the younger sister. And I get the guy full respect on why he left the band. He left in 1994. So this would be after, what, five albums. Biggest band in the world. And he walked away. And the reason? Said when I was 43, I started to get burned out. It felt like work being in the band. And I, I don't want to work. The reason I got into a band to begin with is because I didn't want to work. So he would walk away. I, now, I don't know how they split the monies, but I would assume with five albums credited to him and $64 million, he did all right and could walk away, but I, I like that. I didn't want to work. Felt like work. I'm gone. So before they were the big thing, hanging out with Alan White in Keto Control, it's quality time with John Bon Jovi, Tico Torres, here in the Keto Vault. This is KILO, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, Denver. <laughs> and with us in the studio, who just walked in, <laughs> sing one of your songs. Coming to you almost live from the shores of New Jersey are two members of Bon Jovi. Hi, I'm yeah. John Bon Jovi. And Tico Torres. John Bon Jovi and Tico Torres, drummer extraordinaire, is here, uh, right here in our very studios. Welcome to Colorado Springs. Thank you. You did a hell of a show last night. Thanks. And I'm glad I'm glad we got to see it inside instead of outside in the rain. Yeah, it's a good idea. Something about umbrellas and microphones just I guess didn't mix too well. No, definitely yeah, not. Inside, but it uh it helped make more noise, you know. Yeah. How'd you feel about the show? Great. Yeah. Real good. It was just a feeling of getting back into a a big arena and you know, in a city where we've been before. And um you Denver know, rocks. Yeah. Let me tell you. You know, it was. It and was they love really you here. Crowd. They really do. The crowd was on your side. Yeah. Definitely last night. They were standing on their seats the whole show, so it was perfect. So you're from Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Us and Frank Sinatra and that guy, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Yeah. I heard. We should all be so lucky. Two nights at the uh, Mile High Stadium. Yeah, yeah. 
It's funny because I saw that uh, the very beginning of the tour, and uh, now he's 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 like it never stops. It never stops for you guys, does it? No, we we just went to see him at Giant Stadium in Jersey. Uh, we had a week off, so you know we stopped over at the stadium, and they were there. He's probably up to seven hours now. Yeah, tonight. probably. You know, bring your sleeping bags. Bruce is coming. In. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But I mean, you guys personally, you you guys never stop. No, we've been out now continually. April. Uh, well, this tour started in April. I mean, last year we took off with about four or five days before we started rehearsing for the second album. So it's been since March of uh, of '84. Yeah. You know, pretty well continually. Two albums, and uh, we just found out that the uh, the yeah. new album went gold. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations yeah. on that. Today's the big day. Seventy eight hundred went gold. So All right. So where did where did that did that come from? A particular idea? Seventy eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit. It's the best of anyone's guesstimation of the uh, temperature of a volcano, like at the center of a volcano. <laughs> we were researching it, you know, we were all living in this apartment together in Philadelphia, and we're doing the album, and we decided to come up with this title, uh, 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit, and we started researching it. And then uh, the record company's jumping right down our throats saying, you can't do that, it's crazy, don't do it. And then just they're saying, well, just call it 78 Fahrenheit, and all these arguments about it. So we researched it, and uh, I asked the professor, why is it 7,800? You know, why is it so rounded off? And he says, well, because nobody's crazy enough to go down there and find out what the real temperature is. Really? So, Sacrifice. To the best of anyone's <laughs> guesstimation, uh, that is the uh, hot rock. Where do you where do you write your, your stuff, on the road or at home, or where do you feel most comfortable writing? I think that we do our best work at home. You know, it's just uh, a question of being thinking that today we're just going to write, you know, not an idea of we have to play in an hour or we're going to go to radio today or, you know, in stores or, or traveling. When we're on the road, we're on the road. It's too hectic. It's easy to have a cup of coffee and a beer at home while you're writing with your tape machines. Yeah, it's just it's you, you can think more, you know, about writing instead of trying to rush anything. Um we came up with something new that we're still considering if we can actually if we can get into a rehearsal studio because um, we're doing the Farm Aid show. Oh, really? Yeah, so we're going to do Farm Aid, and uh, I had come up with a, a song and, and then sat with Richie, and we worked on it, you know, and just finished it up. But uh, we're pretty excited about it, you know. I think it, it's pretty good. Well, it's a good cause. Everybody's Henley's involved, John Cougar's involved, yeah. uh, Dylan's involved. TP and the HBs are playing. <laughs> Everybody, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like it's now. Now is the time to get involved, and and it's a it's a real positive thing uh, to do instead of uh, it's for home. It's America, you know, for, for this country. I mean, yeah. That's one thing about uh, about you know again going back to the album title with Fahrenheit. The reason that we used Fahrenheit and we're so persistent about it was that it's an American term. And the idea that we, you know, travel around the world so much, you pretty much become patriotic, you know. Um, and we're pretty McDonald pro McDonald, you know, and I'm pro America, you know. And to to be able to help somebody at home was really the purpose, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about your band. They're all from from your hometown, or when did you get together? How did you put your band together? Ah, uh, we came together really. Uh, almost as a, a temporary thing you know tico was was with frankie and the knockouts and uh the knockouts were between albums you know when i had played him some demos and uh what had happened was runaway was getting played on a new york radio station and for me it was just the idea of being able to play a couple clubs 
with an original band. And, you know, the idea of having airplay was the key to get a job, you know. Um, I think I was just crazy enough to to convince guys and lie to them enough that this would work. And uh, I caught him. in a snowstorm with three feet <laughs> with his car and it's like soaking wet. Listen to this. Okay. And then ended up coming together that way. It was like, uh, I don't know, magic. <laughs> Pull that plug out there. Magic or maniacs. Uh, there you go. Okay. We are destroying the studios. Pull <laughs> okay. out those headphones. Feedback. So, in any case, um, the new album just went gold, 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit, and uh, let's let's listen to a tune. Did you do anything special on this tune, uh, In and Out of Love? Because oh, it sounds so God. dynamic, and the way it comes in. Um, it just Something about it just makes me wonder if there was something special in the studio going on. I remember when we did the, uh, the middle part where um, the, all the whistling and the joking around is happening. That was really just goofing around nobody knew that that was going to happen and we're in the studio and i i had this idea of, of picturing the song lyrically and i'm saying look imagine we're hanging around the bus and it's right after the show and everybody wants to pick up some girls and we're going to go back to the hotel and everybody said okay fine turn on the microphone and it sounds like uh some bad acting hi would you like to come you know everybody was just losing it so our producer lance quinn and our engineer this guy obi o'brien both walked in through two separate doors and we didn't see him and they both just dropped their drawers down to the ground we started busting up and it just like snap 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 in one take you know you hear that that laughing was really because these guys had just walked in and dropped their pants <laughs> all right we're talking with john bon jovi and tico torres on kilo Kilo 94 in the studio with us is John Bon Jovi and Tico Torres from hey, Bon Jovi. It's happening. And it's not right, Bon it's Jovi That's right. like a perfume, ladies. <laughs> they love Jeans to call company. you Bon Jovi. I know. It's, it's strange enough, but true. Everybody <laughs> wants to be French. I know. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> it depends where we are. We could be French if we're in France and, uh, you know, Italian if we're in Jersey, I guess. Just, a, lot of, a lot of people think we're from Canada or L.A. Yeah. That well isn't everybody. From the streets of New Jersey, out of the gutter and into your heart, please welcome. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. We love it. Um, who, did, who, who were you listening to when you were a kid, when growing up? Looking I, don't, I mean, I don't know. CDs how... here. I, I, I'm a big Tom Petty fan. Yeah. I'm really excited about the idea of uh, that farming thing that he's doing it. And uh, I, I'm a, a big Little Steven fan. Listening to that uh, U2 coming in here was great. You know, I like a lot of the U2 stuff. How do, you, how do you keep that separate from what you do? Uh, I find, I, I actually heard it from Alec, our bass player. He says, you know, when, when I come to rehearsal or something or I pick up one of the guitars and we'll say I got an idea for a tune, they say to me it'll sound like a Petty song or that, you know, I, I'll play it and sing it in that mode almost, okay? And then once the band gets a hold of any of the songs, they rough it up enough that then it becomes Bon Jovi, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think the influences probably shine through. And, and good teachers. You know? And then they get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favorite place to play? Denver. <laughs> very, very diplomatic. Yeah, that was pretty good, yeah. Uh, I mean, really work Outside of the States, let's say. Mm. Japan's pretty sick. Yeah, Tokyo. Tokyo's got to probably be uh, the biggest place that we know you, you know? play the budokan or this year we'll do budokan we opted to do six nights in a smaller theater instead of uh two budokans mm -hmm. um 
which you know I think it was better for the kids you know our albums like double platinum in Japan and we were there the same the same exact week as as Phil Collins Night Ranger Iron Maiden and Bruce and our shows were wiped our, you know you couldn't get a ticket for our shows but you could go and see Phil Collins at night with no problem it was pretty interesting you know they were sort of like on who's this Bon Jovi stuff you know <laughs> um, but you know, our albums had just really blown out over there, so... What's the difference between their, the audiences there and, and here? They're shorter. They're shorter. <laughs> Beatlemania over there. It's yeah. like, uh, remember when the Beatles came here, the way the Americans freaked. It's the same way there. They're uh, primal almost. I don't know, it's innocence, but it's really like, I mean, they'll chase cars, thousands of kids, yeah. in lobbies. You never see a lobby. You got to go into the... The secretive ducks down in the basement, and it's really strange. But idol worship in in their culture is very accepted. It's very it's very normal for them to have, um, you know, to worship an idol. It's nice that uh, I don't like to. I mean, I don't think that we like to think of it like that because we don't like to separate ourselves, kind of. But what's so good about it is that they really remain loyal. You know, they're they're not uh, you're as good as your last hit. Once they're a fan, I think that they stay a fan for a lot of years, and uh, and they'll wait for hours and hours to talk to you and to you know. They'll give you articles of their clothing and gifts, which is a part of their soul, and that's really uh, it's really heavy for them to do that, you know, and mm -hmm. kind of walk away going, wow, because you know people trying to give you stuff you don't want because it's like their watch or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's pretty scary. Yeah, it's it's great though. What about playing Russia? Ever thought about that? They'd probably start censoring so much. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting. <laughs> you know, I mean, just going through Europe, we find that um, it's it's so different than what you're used to. You Hel know? Helsinki was close. <laughs> yeah, we did Helsinki, Finland, and there was, I mean, practically the KGB walking the streets there, and the kids would come to the show. It was like sometime in May, late May, and where I thought everybody would be out of school, and these kids were like in a almost year-round, what reminded me of a military school. You know, very yeah. Sitting after the show, talking to the government, kids was you know, <clears throat> talking about socialism and their anti-capitalism, and their views are different. You know, and it's like uh, actually for them to sit down and talk to an American musician is a trip, as well as for us talking to somebody from that area. It's yeah. real gray, real, yeah. real gray. No, no, it's like no smiles. It was very very bland you know so you can probably use more music i think we were about yeah. what, about 200 miles out of russia at that point yeah i was talking to colin hay from men at work a couple weeks ago and uh they're going to go out on tour of china which uh -huh. is becoming more and more accepted yeah. now and they're welcoming uh, american artists there you go. <laughs> but in any case, let's get back to the States and uh, talk yeah. a little bit more about your album. My, my favorite song on this album is called The Hardest Part is the Night. And um, the new single will be a song called Silent Night, yeah. which we'll probably play a little bit later. But uh, I want to play this one tune, Hardest Part is the Night. Um, any stories you can relate about? Oh, this? yeah. This is, this is definitely the lyrical, uh, my pride and joy on, on the album. Um, lyrically... When I wrote the lyrics to it, it was very much Hell's Kitchen, New York City, and a place where I used to live on uh, 53rd Street. If you can imagine what 53rd between 9th and 10th Avenues are, you know, it's like that's the story <laughs> where Runaway was written about and the Greyhound bus station and all those kind of things. 
Um, hardest part was that idea about sweeping the floors and about beating a struggle. And that's, if anything, the message that Bon Jovi as a band wanted to put out this year to, to, to kids, you know, to say you can do something whatever it may be you know if it's to make records or uh be the president or you know be a dj you know i mean anything you want to do you can do and nobody can tell you you can't yeah here's the guts you know? go for it so there's you know all the songs on the album that do say that king of the mountain into the fire and uh hardest part you know but that's almost a little autobiographical all right live in the studio john bon jovi tico torres from bon jovi the hardest part is the night on kilo kilo 94 from 7800 degrees fahrenheit that's Bon Jovi, and the hardest part is the night. We're talking with John Bon Jovi, who, uh, and Tico Torres, who was gracious enough to come down on their day off. We, we went to McDonald's. That was the that reason. Way. We came. <laughs> <laughs> Katie took us to McDonald's. Says, "I'll take you there. We gotta go to radio." I says, "All right." Plus, we got to see the Pike. Pike's yeah, pretty. we got to see the Pike. And what was that other crazy mountain? Oh, you know, with the buttons in it? That was crazy mountain. Cheyenne Mountain. Not a good mountain. <laughs> That's where all the antennas are. Yeah. I mean, we saw Yeah, that. we're right on top of that mountain. <laughs> nice. As a of fact. Well, we'd like to warn you all. <laughs> Please look out your windows in the morning. But, uh, so where do you go from here? What are you going to do? We have today off, and we're going to... Uh, Bismarck. Bismarck, North Dakota. Right. Right? Yeah. We don't know where we're going. Indeed. Uh, are you on, uh, do you guys fly or do you on a bus or? No, we have our buses. Yeah. The buses, you know, wherever we go. It's a little easier, like, uh, to travel at night, sleep, and get in the next day and do your gig. Yeah. yeah. So you're on the road for how much longer, do you know? I'd say till the first of the year. We're hoping that, uh, I think what the ideal is right now is to finish the rat tour probably Thanksgiving, maybe early December. And then um, do a few choice dates with uh, Motley Crue, who our manager manages just ourselves and Motley, and do Hawaii with Motley. Uh -huh. And uh, call it two years and vacation. <laughs> We're definitely going to stay in different hotels, though. I yeah, I think so. <laughs> no. So that, uh, <laughs> that's going to be the idea this year, is to tour extensively in America. Well, you know, we wish you good luck. Uh, right. And continued success. You're always welcome here in Colorado. Thank you. And we'll keep playing your tunes as long as you make them. I appreciate it. <laughs> let's do. Uh, let's do your the probably your signature tune. In uh, the beginning. In the beginning. Uh, how, how long ago was this tune written? Um, it says it on the record. June of night of eighty. I guess three. Yeah. Uh huh. What kind of what right. kind of, June of eighty three? Where where. Where are you now that you weren't before when you wrote this? I mean, what kind of perspective do you have on this song? You know, uh, um, I mean, it's I, I know the feeling because I was able to write it again in 7800 with Hardest Part. Um, but Runaway came from that same neighborhood and came from New York and at a time in my life where I didn't have a band yet and it didn't have uh, record companies or managers and we didn't have nothing, you know, going for us as a unit. So that hunger is still there, you know, and it keeps us going. And we enjoy it. You know, I think we'd be crazy to say we weren't. You yeah, know? that's true. He's got four other brothers now. Yeah, my mom, <laughs> she likes it, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's just uh, today's like a, a great day. You know, it's like when you grow up, all you want to do is make records. And then when you make records, all you care is that it goes gold. You know, and it's like today's the day. I feel real good today, you know, that... that yeah, we're a band, and that you know we've achieved another goal, kind of. All right, 
Excellent. That's all we can say. All right. thank, thank you very you. much for coming right. down, John thank Bon Jovi, you. Tico Torres. This is the signature from uh, Bon Jovi. It's called Runaway on Kilo 94. How funny is that? They want to tour with Motley Crue, but they're not going to stay in the same hotel. Motley Crue hotel story is pretty infamous. I love how that no one knew their name. Well, I mean, you know, obviously people knew their name, but still at that time, some call them Bon Jovi. Fancying up a bit. The album goes gold, 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit on the day of the interview, which is pretty cool. But they had no idea that their next album would sell 28 million and send them to a whole nother level. That's what I like about these vaults, getting these younger bands before they would blow up. Just to kind of get a perspective of where they were. Love Alan White's interviewing too. It's always it's more of a conversation with that guy than an interview. Maybe it's just pipes to just so low it's calming, but he really just gets these guys to relax and open up. And if you didn't get the reference, that guy, what's his name? They're referring to, to Bruce Springsteen, who at that time was bigger than God. Or is it bigger than Jesus? Why the Beatles say bigger than Jesus? I love the answer, too, about what's the difference between Japanese audiences and American audiences? Japanese audiences are shorter. Eh, yeah, true that. True that. And then kind of creepy to think, it was 1985, and China was just opening up to let artists tour there, and, and Russia was still not a place you would go. Not that long ago. So there you have it. Quality time with Bon Jovi. Mr. Alan White, good job as always, my friend. If you like what we do, spread the word. Uh, give us a good rating. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes every single Monday. Thanks for visiting the Keto Vault.